Hello, everyone. This is Noah and John. We're from Urban Digs. We're talking Manhattan. We're at Compass. At Compass on the Upper West Side. New office. It's a cavern. Beautiful office. That's okay. It's huge. That's okay because you know our, our candle in the dark here is Brian Lewis. Ooh, I like that. Candle in the candle dark. Candle in the dark. Yeah. I'm your guide. There you go. <laughs> I'm your canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Is there a warning sign going out there? <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. Okay. This office is filling up. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a big one. Brian Lewis, thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh, no, thank you, thank you, John. How long have you been doing this for? Goodness, this podcast about a minute, minute, yeah. Uh, goodness, I was an actor. I came to New York. I studied with a lady named Uta Hagen right out of college. I went to a school in uh, Virginia called William and Mary. Government degree, theater degree, moved here. Stars in my eyes, had a ball. When was that? When did you move here? Goodness, ninety one. Okay, gotcha. So a while ago, I was uh, four. Okay, years old. Okay, and uh, I quickly realized that I was I was a good actor. I don't know if I was like gonna be ground earth shattering guy, uh, despite teachers loving me, and I booked a lot of commercials and soaps and cool. did some cool plays. But to answer your question. I turned 30 in 99, so you can do the math. Okay, gotcha. I think it was 30, or maybe. Okay. Uh, and uh, I found myself carrying bags at the Four Seasons Hotel, uh-huh. which I love that job. So if you carry a bag, yeah. you might as well be doing it at the Four Seasons. You got to, well, that's <laughs> going to be one of my points here, right? Exactly. I learned a lot about the luxury world through that entree. But there was an actor strike, so I couldn't do the commercials and the soaps and all the stuff that I was kind of... Loving, like, kind of gave me my dream so I could get through my day job kind of vibe. Right. That was put to a screeching halt, and I was like, I'm just carrying bags for rich people. Right. And what do I do? So I went to the Actors Fund, which is a group that I now support, and they looked at everything I do, and I filled in a bubble sheet. Remember those? Yeah. And they literally said, you should go to law school. I was like, no, I don't want to go to law school. And they said, then you should be a real estate agent. And I said, sign me up. And they did. Option B. And they paid for my school. And I've since paid it back, but they paid for it. They're, they're really great with that. That's for awesome. Artists that are in transition. So 99, I was going around the city. Nobody would hang my license. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Element, no. Corcoran, no. Brown Hair Stevens, no. And I was walking my dog. I was also going through a breakup at the time, so I was walking my dog. And uh, somebody else was walking their dog, and I started talking to him. And our dogs were sniffing each other and doing mm-hmm. dogs do. And I started a conversation. What do you do? And it was John Caraccioli at Halstead. And he said, I sell real estate. I said, you know what? I've been trying to get your manager to call me. Would you, would you tell him to call me, please? I didn't even have a card. So in 1999, in I think it was November, uh, he says, I remember he said this. I don't know if John remembers saying this. He goes, I'm going to talk to my manager, Michael Goldenberg. So shout out to Halstead, Michael Goldenberg, the best. He said, but I don't know why I'm going to do this because I think you're going to be very successful. And I don't know why I'm helping you. And he said it as a joke. Like it's competition. Maybe. Right. But, but he's my idol. Like right. John is one of my people I look up to and right. still do. And, and I just remember that ring in my ear. But Michael called me and he, he invited me in. And I quickly learned the trick to Michael with let him talk. Yeah. And just smile and nod. <laughs> he thought I was brilliant. I didn't talk. You found the formula. And I got it. And I started with Halstead. And I'd been with, I, had, I had been with Halstead until I moved to Compass mm-hmm. uh, in 2017. Gotcha. Also in November. Very 
prolific month in my life for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's... Uh, Beautiful. Had, so 20 years and you've been... And well, is it 20? I guess it well, is. It's I mean, all quick math, you know. Yeah, okay. You're smart. <laughs> you should be an agent. in data. You see yeah, you should, I say, all right, yeah. Means. See this? Rogan. <laughs> I <get> yeah. <laughs> I tried it. just didn't take it. I don't it. like it either. I'm going to shave it off. I'm trying to get that number of that um, place that George Costanza was calling in, in China. <laughs> back in the Seinfeld episode. You know, that cream that stinks yeah. up the joint. You know, it's, it's, it's en route. Anyway, let's go to Manhattan Real Estate. All right, so let's do it. What's going to Manhattan Real yeah, Estate. Yeah, so. Um, let's start high level. What the hell is going on in this market out there right it's, now? It's weird, right? It's weird. So it's, those of us who are veterans, yeah. um, we have seen a lot of changing markets. So I saw what I saw the dot com bust and boom I yeah. saw 911 uh, which was a micro bust yes. and then and then it came right back oddly yep. and happily and then we I saw the Asian crisis yep. I think we called it is that yeah, not appropriate to say yes. yes and then I saw of course the Great Recession which really felt like a depression let's yeah. face it I mean that was like 20% drop in one night yeah I remember it yeah. September 15th my brother's birthday two days before mine. <laughs> Yeah, just right. 20, 20 percent. It froze. The market froze. It froze up. Yeah, that's what we don't have now. We don't have a frozen market. So right. when a market freezes, there's literally no movement. No one. They're just staring at each other. Yeah, had some closings then that were very scary because people were like, oh, "I'm not going to close. I want my deposit." Yeah, it was one of those kind of markets where, like, I remember classic sixes. Some people get 30, 35 percent off discounts, and if you can yeah. imagine, I mean, they're asking two million, and someone's putting in a bid in for one four. Well, no, that, and, and they're hitting that bid. They're getting it. Yeah. And two thousand nine, if you could have bought in two thousand nine, you were a profit, oh, and absolutely. you should brag. Even today in twenty nineteen, yeah. ten years later, yeah. we're soft. Yeah. We're not like that. No, we're not. No. We're not like that. Okay, so there's a market. It's still saying. happening. Right. So, all right. So I closed in the very high end. I had the third biggest sale in New York City last year resale, 42 million. I would fail to get that today. Hmm. And I just closed that deal August 2018. Hmm. And I'm still bragging about it. Number one, it's my biggest deal ever. Right. Number two, I did it. I did it my way, literally my way with my video marketing and the buyer found it in Australia. It was like... Perfect storm of what works with Brian Lewis, and I just love telling the story because it's important to me, and it helped pay my daughter's tuition for a while and right. all that. But I don't think I would get forty-two million today. Right. It's really soft, and I closed one at Five Twenty Park, the Zackendorf building, the new development over there, great building. We closed that out uh, soon thereafter, December for twenty-one. Now we had contracted that three years earlier. I think we were among the first contracts there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he got a good deal for that day mm -hmm. because things that sold after him mm -hmm. when it was a new development went for far more than 21. Right. Now the market's come down and we have it on as what we call a whisper listing. Mm -hmm. I can't market it until December. We have a non-compete with the sponsor and that's understandable. But I'm whispering it pretty loudly, and and he'll take 19.5. Right. He paid 21. Right. When and he paid 21 when? Uh, we closed it last December, but he contracted three years prior, and he was among the first contracts. That's gotcha. interesting. So that's I think the market for that at that moment was probably 23. Right. So he was coming just off the peak when he was. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So this is really the super, I mean, not super luxury, but this is a lot, well into the luxury yeah. Well, I'm only telling those stories because I'm bragging right. about the price points. And he's okay but, here on Talking Manhattan. That's right. <laughs> bragging but I'm also, I'm excited to be in those waters too, like yeah. because of those sales and a bunch of others. Mm -hmm. So when you open my grill, which is uh, what I call my inventory that I have for my sellers, you will see a mixed grill. And I think that's the only way to survive mm -hmm. 19 plus years in this industry is literally to 
to have hot dogs, hamburgers, veggie pats, yeah. and lobster, and yeah. Kobe, and right. like whatever you got. I'm going to exhaust this analogy, but truly to have a mixed grill is where it's at. Because right. most of my money, those are big hits, those yeah. tickets when they closed. I was very grateful for them. Right. Um, and I worked my ass off for them. But really my day-to-day -day upper west, upper east, village, and Chelsea, and Brooklyn, sort of two beds, three beds, all day long. Those are the ones that churn, and those are the ones that give me a great deal of pleasure. Right. And uh, I, I find them harder to do. Right. And today's I think the big secret out there for all these agents that think there's this big mystery and super lux, the big secret that it's easier. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. It's not. I'm going to say it right here. For me, it's easier. It was easier. It's more elegant. Mm -hmm. It's you're, you're treated differently. It's the roll up your sleeves, everyday two bedrooms, you'll work your ass off. Yeah. And it's like the trenches. And I frankly, I like the trenches. Yeah. I'm a Marine. I like, right. I'm not an officer. I'm a Marine and I like it. Right. And I sometimes get the big, crazy expensive ones right. and I love it and I treat them the same damn way. That's the big secret. Do you find that the, the that luxury sector, what's happening there versus say the one bedrooms and the two bedrooms or the, the sub two million dollar sector, what's the difference between those two sectors in your in your Well, the price obviously. Well, I should clarify, coming from the last three, four years or so in this in this environment. Oh, well, all day long where you're going to get your traction is on the everyday apartments, the New Yorkers right. who need to move because of births and marriages and you know expanding lives or contracting lives contrasting you know the contraction of lives so right. death or downsizing, downsizing or, or whatever yeah breakups they they about, yeah. but, I guess, but one yeah. of the issues that if you've got a luxury 20 million it's probably easier to sort of you know build that sort of anxiety for this listing like i can't wait for this to come out because it's so phenomenal and it's a one of a kind but how do you do that for a, a two-bedroom one-bedroom Upper East Side. Upper There's East the side. magic of Brian Lewis. No, it's what I pride myself in, actually, to find the intrinsically different thing and to throw a lot of fertilizer on it. Mm -hmm. So I will do a video presentation, which frankly cost me about the same as the one I did for 520 Park. Right. I spend a lot of money and time on it because that property is more valuable to that seller, frankly, than the people who have the you know, $42 million sale that I did at one. It's not a disposable piece of their asset. It's not. Right. And it's not a rounding right. error in their wealth. They need it more. Right. And I must tell you, those individuals, those sellers, God bless them, because they're a lot like me. Yeah. It's a big part of their net worth. And if they love what you're doing, they are going to be loud mouths. Yeah. They're going to tell the world. And yeah. you're going to get 10 more of those. Yeah. So all day long, I love that. I'm always looking up at Billionaire's Row and thinking, I can do that better than anybody. I, I feel good about the way I present, yeah. mm -hmm. the way I negotiate them, the way I market them. Yeah. And they're not used to being treated that way. But I come from that luxury branded training of the Ritz-Carlton in the Four Seasons. Right. So I, I wasn't born into that world. Right. I you but I learned it. learned it. Yeah, and so, you got the and you got the confidence right now. I can see it's oozing out of you this confidence. And we I see a lot of brokers out there that don't have that confidence that he has. And when you're going to go pitch a twenty, thirty, forty million dollar, I mean, some people just don't have that experience. Very few do that do a twenty, yeah. thirty million dollar deal. And let's say your highest deal was four million or three million, and you had a couple of those, like like the eighty, ninety percent of agents out there. And then you're lucky enough to have a connection that's going to sell a $25 million townhouse or something. A lot of those agents go into that pitch and go to that meeting a little you know, intimidated, fearful, whatever. 
I mean, the confidence yeah. that you have are going, how important is that when you're talking well, to the seller? It's incredibly confident, but it's also important because remember, you're not really, you are selling yourself. And you, if you don't have a track record behind you to sell, you do have just your confidence and your spirit and your energy, mm-hmm. and you can sell it as an outsider. Right. But once you're inside and you've actually transacted, now you've yeah. got a little track record to go right. on there. Right. So I find that confidence, but not cockiness, right. there's a difference. Right. When I was 30 and I had no listings and I didn't even know anybody with money, uh, just unemployed actors, quite frankly, uh, I, I was using a lot of my chutzpah. But then you can lean on what you have grown, right. but you can't ever get cocky. Interesting. Because right That's behind tough. you are 10 people who are 30 who are Philip Piss and Vinegar. Right. And you always have to evolve. I'm yeah. always looking to evolve. I love the next generation. I love new agents. I love learning. I love to see what else is out there. Mm. Um, but note to all super luxe sellers, if they're listening to your awesome podcast, um, is literally try it with a different person. Because there's a lot of inventory, mm-hmm. and you can use the bold face names, and now I'm kind of one of them, I think. Right. I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't lean on that shit. But, but I will lean on try it differently because mm-hmm. I outspend people. I am confident about my abilities. I'm always willing to fall on my face and learn. So let's talk about closing the deal. Absolutely. Since these guys are closing yep. the deals. You mentioned these yep. things. Um, how do you, first off, what do sellers need to know about the market? That's number one. And that how it you, sucks for a seller, and then it's really good for a buyer. Okay, that was really quick. That's it. That's the analysis. If you don't have to sell right now, I'm in, I'm in the business of transactions. Right. If you don't have to sell right now, mm-hmm. wait it out. Yeah. Don't it, clog it's our It's those sellers that, that are testing these prices and they have Testing, no you're going to fail. Gravity yeah. wins. Duh. So you're talking to sellers. Yeah. How are you doing your pricing analysis in the market? Very How? well. How? And if you Getting see something idea. on my website that's not moving, the price wasn't my idea. <laughs> well, so that's, the, that's point so, number one. Sometimes you have to just... Well, I like, the ones. They need a journey. Some people need a journey. They want right. to defy gravity. And thank God... The press has begun really writing about this. Right. Today, right. there's a big New York Times piece, the yeah. buyer's market, you yeah. know, this and that. We've known this. We've known this. Right. I felt this since the summer of 2016 in my bones. Yeah, we've been talking about it. That, Everyone's and, been talking about well, this. Well, to my point, I had to go to a voice doctor last fall, and I was an actor. I know how to use my voice because I was so raw that uh, telling the same story about the market over and over and over right. to my sellers, and they don't believe you. Because we are the front lines. And I, I feel like we're the triage that knows there's a flu epidemic before the doctors know about it because yeah. we're on the street. So I was talking about it and talking about it. And some sellers were listening and getting bidding wars right. because of it. I love that. But now the press is writing about it. I can breathe. It's making it easier. I can yeah. literally breathe. And it's funny because we were talking to some agents and I was, and I was bringing up the point. I'm like, you got these, these Q3 headlines coming out. you got the mansion tax pull effect from Q2. It's going to be these negative headlines. It's going to show this And they're not done stuff. with Pieta Terra tax. And they're, the they're, tax. In, they're out for blood. And some of the agents came back and they were like, you know what? Bring it. Because... I can show this to all of my sellers and all those sellers that have not been listening. We don't to have me. to lose our voices. I finally, have right. another voice. I don't have to go to a voice doctor. <laughs> right, literally. And, it, and if it's the New York Times and it's Bloomberg and it's Yahoo and it's CNBC and they're all telling the same story. I've already gotten calls today yeah. from sellers because I sent the piece out. Oh, I'm sure you saw this. Let's discuss. I have some content. Should every agent out there be sending that to their sellers? Beyond. Okay. It's your job. And what's the what's the narrative right there? The narrative is allow me to put this into context for you. As someone who's boots on the ground, 
as someone who makes their living transacting, meeting, you know, marrying buyers and sellers. That's the way we make our money mm -hmm. and our living and our livelihood. So they should listen. Yeah. They should listen. And what's the narrative when you have that pricing conversation and that seller says, you know what? I hear you. I'm going to list with you, but I want to price it here, not where you say. What's the narrative then? Well, the most important thing I say to them is, will you sign an extended listing with me? Because if I'm going to spend my resources, which I'm happy to do, mm -hmm. if I'm happy to do it, mm -hmm. if I'm not, I'm going to probably let it go, be the second or the third agent. I'll spend my resources if you will commit to me. Mm -hmm. Because I say, there's going to be a day when you're at a cocktail party and your friends will say, you're still on the market. Who's your agent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to say, Brian Lewis. And they're going to go, that guy's a magician. What happened? Yeah. And you're going to forget to tell them the part where the price was your idea. <laughs> and they're just going to tell 40 people that I suck yeah. and I can't afford that. And I say it just like that. And if they'll commit to me and I commit my resources to them. Right. And we have a trajectory of time, mm -hmm. and they won't throw me out with the bathwater. Mm -hmm. Then we'll we'll play ball. But I have to be. You're the GPS. Look, I always yeah. say to them, I'm literally your GPS. If, yeah. if I say turn right and you turn left, I'm still going to get you there. My GPS doesn't say you have failed. Right. We can no longer get to Cleveland. Right. I don't know why we're going to Cleveland, but we're going to Cleveland. But my GPS will adjust. Right. And I will adjust. But it may take longer. And if there's, here's the interesting thing. It's always the people who are really sloppy and they don't have a really nice presentation mm -hmm. that want to try the sky, pie in the sky price. <laughs> and I'm like, you do realize that you're messy and I'm going to have to make your bed and you're going to see me a lot longer. So if you, if you hate being neat, yeah. let's make it look like a movie set or a yeah. hotel suite. If you price it right, even in this market, it could take longer. But if you price it right, you won't have to see my face all the time. And I won't have to be telling you to make your bed because you're going to get real tired real fast. Very, very interesting. So I'm looking at a listing discount chart right here. Yes. Which is telling me how much sellers are coming down um, to get deals done. And it looks like, I mean, we went up to around 7% uh, a few months ago, and 7.6, and then 7.3, and then 6.4. And now it's going down to 5.8. I think it's going down because of that rush to close because this is June, July numbers. Yeah, July 1. So this yeah. is affected by it the was really a, a, It sucked all the energy out of the neighboring quarters. It did. It, it, it just did. really did. And, and this is yet to show the other side of it. So this is actually the Q2 positive side yep. right now in these yep. numbers. So I actually think it's higher to 7, 8%. So sellers are going down about 7, 8% negotiability. Would you agree? Resale, forget new development, because I want to ask you actually new development separately. Resales, is that about what you're seeing in negotiations on your buy side, sell side? It depends on where they price. Okay. See, I think my note to all sellers is price it where it needs to be. Yeah. Don't get cute and say, well, I'm going to go up 10 because they're going to pull me down 10. I was in two bidding wars last week with my buyers. Right. Two. Right. Now, these weren't crazy high prices. Yeah. Right. They were sort of sub two. Right. But we won the bidding wars and we still can brag about the deal we got in 2019. Right. So price it where it needs to be. Don't get cute about 10% up and 15% and don't try to be right. right. Try to get action. Your job in pricing ah. is to build audience. Right. John, right. what was that question you wanted to ask about action? Well, we asked it earlier about how do you build action. What you were saying is that you kind of find that one unique aspect and you pour fertilizer. Right? How do you That's create, exactly what how you do. How do you create urgency besides well, price? I am telling all of my buyers, this is the moment. The market is at the low for the moment. I think we have a little room to go in certain markets, mm -hmm. but you're going to brag. I mean, where else have you had a collision of interest rates, inventory, seller motivation, right. and just power, right. just buyer power. This is it. Hey. And, but I'm my own worst enemy, and I'll tell you why. I own a co-op. 
It was probably worth this. I just appraised it because I had my, I refied it at a stupid rate, 15 year fixed, conforming 2.75. United Nations Federal Credit Union, Richard Martin, 50 bucks, open an account. It's it's like ridiculous and you get good rates. That's my plug. Um, But I, I, and I looked at the appraisal and I'm like, yeah, even I'm not impervious to this. Right. And, and now I should be looking for my next thing. And this is the moment to go to your next level. And I should be doing that. And I'm not. I'm comfortable where I, where I am. But comfort doesn't build wealth, I find. Mm-hmm. Uh, time does. But this is the moment where I should be selling and stretching out to my next level of home. And even I am reticent. So I'm my own worst enemy. I'm going to be talking to myself this weekend. Interesting. Taking myself out. Yeah, take yourself out. I'm going to do it. A little one-on-one. So these resales, find the the magic of the property. Find out what's awesome about it. Mm -hmm. I do find in this market, there is literally no tolerance for anything that needs a lot of work. No. 0.00 because there's too many choices on things that don't need work. Compass, shameless plug, Compass Concierge will pay for it. You want to have the washer dryer, you can't afford it, we'll do it for you right. if it's allowed. And you can sell it and you reimburse us dollars. So this is a new sell side utility. Beyond. So if, you have, if you're a seller and you have a place that has maybe $20,000 or $30,000 of some minor repairs that would make the place show we'll well. We'll do it for you. You'll do it right. We have a lot of soft bank money to spend. Right. We're not spending it unwisely, but right. we have to do it. And we have to differentiate. So it's one of the, it's huge. Right. All of my stagers lately, Compass Concierge. Right. Seller does it. Let's say it costs twenty thousand dollars at the closing. Twenty thousand right. dollars, free loan, free. You don't have to liquidate anything. You don't have to write the check. We do it. You stay with Compass. You pay Compass back at the closing table. Right, and it's because it's because buyers are, are hesitant to pull trigger on a place that. Needs but we'll do it for you. But we can even use it another way. And I've used this. Let's say one of my buyers, Compass buyer, is looking. At, excuse me. I have a Compass seller, and a buyer comes in, and the buyer wants something from us. And I'm like, I wish you guys had this or that and the other. And you're bid- they're, they're bidding, but they're reticent. I can get them on the fence, creating urgency, and say, why don't we put in all new appliances for you? Right. We'll do that. Compass right. concierge. And then my seller will be reimbursed. And so when we do the walkthrough, you're going to have all new appliances. Which ones do you want? So this, so this is not a conversation with the seller. This is a conversation with the buyer. Correct. To, make the deal with to build another, urgency. Another way of creating urgency. Urgency. Interesting. And, and I, I love stories like that, but I do right. feel like this is the magic moment. Right. right? You know... Um, you know Baruch, the, the gentleman who started the school, and he's named after the famous, uh, the, the famous finance guy. People asked him, how, how did you make so much money? And he said, let me get this right. He said, I sold too early. Mm-hmm. So in other words, even he couldn't time the market. Right. But I got to tell you, this is your time. So, you know, you buyers, can... buyers, they like to pull the trigger in a buyer's market. I'm sorry. They buyers want to buy in a buyer's market. Yes. But they pull the trigger in a seller's market. Well, that's everybody. Everybody except Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett says when they're selling, you buy. And when they're buying, you sell. It sounds easy, but we get caught up in the human emotion of it. Yeah. And every seller seller should listen to the advice you had earlier about pricing right. Because, I mean, if if your goal is to bring people in and potentially have one or two people interested in your property that would potentially have a bidding war. And, by the way, um, 14% of deals are still going over the asking price. All right? 14%. Particularly so, sub 500. I think there was growth up in that yeah. range. So these little walk studios. The yeah. 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 Especially the lower end. But if you're a seller right now and you want to create urgency and you're pricing and you have that conversation, well, all right, you think I should price here. I'm going to price it here. You just remove the whole urgency. Yeah. Well, and I also want to say you build urgency through marketing, right? 
gone are the days where you take pretty pictures and you just do a little blurb and you sit back and wait. Hire an agent with a track record who made money in 2018 when everybody else was like running for the hills, who rolls their sleeves up, who have lived through a few markets, and those of you who have not, um, roll your sleeves up anyway and act like you have. And get out there because it brokering is is a you, you gotta it's a broker's market yeah more than it's, it is a seller's advice you got a tough market relationships got, yeah people know that when they see my name and I don't say this with cockiness I say it with pride you know it's going to be well presented you're going to have a good experience the narrative though flowery because I like to write um, is going to be accurate. You're going to have a video presentation that if you don't want to hear me yap, turn the volume down. You're going to see a human walk through the space. If it's a fifth floor walk-up studio or if it's a $21 million home, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to market it because the seller needs... I spit, sorry. I won't look at the camera though. (laughs) Was it us? But the seller needs to know that you're pulling out all the stops. So all they have to focus on is literally their price. They can't call me on a, a random Tuesday and go, you know what? We just don't like the way, we just think you You may not. No, yeah. I'm taking the mission. I'm spending more money than most of my peers. I'm spending the time. I do my open houses. I do my showings. Yeah. I market the hell out of it. And I've got, I'm always willing to learn. If my seller goes, hey, try this, let's do it. Right. I'm all ears because I want them That's to only advice. think of one yeah. thing. Price and you got and that's think, on them. And you got to think about that seller who's bringing in those those yeah. four or five people. And if you have someone like that doing all that stuff, and you have the other three people that are just sitting down and say, "Here are the numbers, and let's talk about where it's going to be and all that," it's a little different. And it's a so, really visual market, right? It's it's a it, I blame Instagram, and it's not going to go backwards. Right. How are people dating these days? Right? People date. They pick up an app the and they app. swipe. They swipe. And I got to tell you, I wouldn't have even met my husband if that was part of the culture. 15 years ago. Hmm. Literally wouldn't have met him because I would have been like, what, New Jersey? Came out late in life? Are you kidding me? Who is that? He's not Southern and he wasn't in the military. No. So um, literally, I feel like that's the the attention span for the visual is so limited. Right. And I'm not saying anything new, but I want to just press the point that if you're not with a company that has amazing visuals mm-hmm. and has great presentation and the access to the top-notch marketers in this industry, right. get out of the company right. if you're a seller's agent because there's no tolerance. Even on an apartment that needs work, you can make it gorgeous without, you know, Botox goes a long way. It doesn't have to be reconstructive surgery. Right, right, right. So make it visually compelling. Right. And there's only so much you can do with some properties, but have more to say than just the normal picture and stuff. Right. Is it, does it warrant a video? If you don't like to be on video, don't. Call me. I'll give you some ideas. Just like show imagery. Show something. Keep the uh, – there's a war for your eyeballs. And you want to keep those seller eyeballs, buyer eyeballs on your property right. and keep moving it forward. So visually you can't – Every company needs to do what Compass is doing with concierge because there is just no tolerance for anything that's not impeccable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. This is great stuff. We're running out of time. I have a, I have a million more questions. I, 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 want, to bring get, in. I want to get back to the, the rich people and their skivvies. Yeah, well, have, uh, well, well there's their stories. Out. We'll have to come back. You know who you are. A rich people <laughs> skivvy episode over there. That's it. But thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, my pleasure. Ryan Lewis, we're over here at Compass. This is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs. We are talking Manhattan, and we'll catch you next time.